afternoon, America, and welcome to the Dean's List. I am Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. Happy Friday to everyone, and welcome back into studio. The occasional co-host. Hi, Cindy. Hi there. I'm back. Welcome back. It's been a while. It has. How goes it? It goes well. With your soul? (laughs) Yeah, it goes well with my soul, too. This has been a fun week. Although, at least for me, because I was away, but, um, you know, still at the same time, we're talking about, you know, we've been spending a lot of time talking about the dumbing down of education and, and then how we're replacing that education with with social engineering. Mm-hmm. So it's not a fun conversation. No. But it's a conversation that we have to have nonetheless. We have to keep sounding the alarm. Yes. And we will do it. Yes, there was a quote that I found a few weeks ago uh, from Horace Mann. And the quote is, and he he was the designer of America's current education system, is, is what it says after his name. Um, we who are engaged in the sacred cause of education are entitled to look upon all parents as having given hostages to our cause. Mm. I just, I'm going to read that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let this sink in. We who are engaged in the sacred cause of education are entitled to look upon all parents as having given us hostages to our cause. And and what was their cause? Pray tell. Did you notice here that it says we who are engaged in the sacred cause of education? Mm. They were calling education a sacred cause as opposed to the children being the sacred purpose. The sacred purpose. Yeah, that's a good catch because you know it's not about you know the the education shouldn't be. I mean, I get it. Education is important, but that's not the sacred thing, right? The -hmm. children are the sacred purpose, and developing them in the fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So, anyway. I mean, that what you have been talking about all week, right there, there, there you go. Mm -hmm. Um, They're looking at our children as their little hostages. Oh, wow. (laughs) And parents are just willing, willingly handing them over unbeknownst to them, of course. But yeah, and that's where we are. We are looking we are looking at an education system that's that's holding kids hostage. Mm-hmm. And they're going to ram a leftist Marxist ideology down their throats. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've been, I spent some time in D.C. this week, Washington, and, and we'll, we'll talk about it maybe a little bit next week and dive into it. But, uh, you know, we were listening to congressional leaders at briefings talk about this very thing. And they, their eyes are open to it. And they see what's happening. And, you know, they they repeatedly said, you know, Congress person and senator, you know, one after another said that Americans look to us 
but yet it's really the Americans at the grassroots level that where the, where the change happens. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily going to happen in D.C. because there's already laws in D.C. But it's up to us to to affect change really in our own communities. Mm-hmm. And it's up to us to open our eyes to what, you know, Horace Mann was interested in, and that was having captive hostages. Mm-hmm. He had himself a captive audience. Right. So I saw this other quote as well. This is a good quote, though. Um, this is John Jay, uh, founding father and first chief justice of the United States. Every member of the state ought diligently to read and to study the constitution of his country and teach the rising generation to be free. By knowing their rights, they will sooner perceive when they are violated and be better prepared to defend and assert them. Mm-hmm. That is so good. So this is this is what we need to be teaching our children to, to counter um, the fact that they look at our children as little hostages. Mm, right. And they will not be made hostages if uh, we are teaching them to be aware of when their freedoms are being taken away from them. And the only way they can know that is if if they know the Constitution. It doesn't mean you have to have it memorized, but you should. Mm-hmm. You need to be reading it. And I don't know that it's being read in schools. I think maybe it's being, air quote, taught. Yes, I remember it being taught, but uh-huh. I don't feel like I had a deep understanding of it. No, because it was probably my generation. Right. Because it was probably taught from a textbook, from a history, again, air quotes, textbook. I don't think your class opened up the Constitution and went to the original source and, and read it, did they? Not that I remember. Mm-mm. I mean, knowing everything that I know now, just watching everything unfold, I would love to I would love to be able to go back and be right. very young and 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 start being brought up in in this in, in learning about the constitution and the rich history of our nation mm-hmm. um oh, that's what i want for our children for our young children these days that's what's necessary mm-hmm. so at waterbrook uh we do we use original source documents when we teach the constitution we don't teach it from a textbook we read the Constitution. We open it up. So the kids understand it. But even with us at Waterbrook, I mean, I feel like we're just getting, I mean, we've always, we've always put this before the children, but I think we're, we're just recently getting the true understanding of we need to just really right. dig deep from the time they come in as preschoolers right. all the way through. Because we, that's, it wasn't like that for us. Yep, right. And we were just, I guess we thought, well, all is well, everything's good, everything's. Uh Uh-huh, exactly, I know it. You know, that's that's exactly what, what they're doing on the left, is that they're, you know, starting 
these um, gender ideology instruction items, even in terms of, of, of starting it in preschool, kindergarten. Right. This whole ideology, this notion of, you know, gender is fluid. Mm-hmm. And they're starting it in, in kindergarten. So why, you know, why aren't we, why aren't we starting the constitution in kindergarten? Mm-hmm. You, you know, John Jay just said, you you have to teach it to your kids so, so they understand freedom. Right. So when they see the freedoms being taken away, they recognize it. Mm-hmm. But we didn't recognize the, at least the freedom of religious liberty that was taken away from us mm-hmm. in you know, in the 1960s, we were clueless. Eyes are definitely, definitely opening more and more. So. Yeah, eyes are opening. And we're just going to keep, we're going to keep shouting it. And just refining, refining what we're doing at our school and, and other schools that, that believe in freedom. Um there's so many, there's, there's such a movement now for this, for this very thing, mm-hmm. the understanding that we've got to, we have got to get this in our children um, from the very beginning, just like they are doing, but <laughs> in a negative way. Right. And I heard someone say the other day that in Deuteronomy, God instructed the parents, he said, it's your job to teach the kids. Mm-hmm. But we have just gotten into the habit of passing our kids off to teachers. Mm-hmm. And but I do think I, I think that parents, well, I mean, like for you and I exist for example, we we exposed our children to these to these things, right. these American, all this good stuff about America, but to really lay a deep, foundation or you know a good solid foundation for them that wasn't even that wasn't we weren't tracking there no no you're right and i i i had this conversation with someone that the other day that i don't think i told you about and it i don't mean to brag on our two kids but this person was saying how did your kids turn out so well and and we were talking you know politically so there are people that might not think they turned out so well because maybe they don't agree with us politically. But this who? person, I'm not going to tell you who. No, I mean, okay. What? <laughs> I, was, I was misunderstanding what you were saying about them agreeing politically. Well, some people might not think that we did a good job raising our kids so well because the, these individuals might disagree with us politically. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. Okay. And the person who I was talking to said, you know, how did you do such a good job with your kids? Mm-hmm. You know, because they're they're clear thinkers. They they're they're logical about things, they think critically. And you know, my reply was we didn't set out to to teach them to be political. We didn't say you have to believe what we believe. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, believe in this notion of conservatism. You have to believe in the Constitution. You have to believe in freedom. Mm-hmm. We didn't do that, but we just always talked about it. Right. We. It was just part of our our conversation and part of our vernacular. And Elizabeth, you know, to this day would com- complain that 
anytime her and I were in the car together, I would have Rush on. Right. And she'd be like, Dad, do we have to listen to Rush again? Mm-hmm. And I it just, I said, I, I can't believe that any four-year-old would not want to listen to Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, she would go out and say, Dad, let's listen to Rush Limbaugh really loud again. <laughs> right. You know, we just, uh, I, I think this was just something that was important to us. But but just think if we would have been more like, intentional. On purpose, right. yes, on right. purpose about it. How genius they would be today. <laughs> oh, goodness. They would be so stellar. <laughs> Just the things you wish that you could do over again. It's true. I I think we would do, I I think we would be more on purpose and more intentional about a lot of things. And then with the school as well. And with the school as well. I think if uh, a young mother and father is listening today and they said, what would you do differently? I think we would say that we would definitely be uh, more intentional Mm -hmm. with, with certain things. And you're right, even with the school. But I honestly don't believe that we understood how easily all of this could be lost. Yeah, you're right. I don't think we did. Why didn't we? I, di- I don't know. Maybe because we weren't on the on the cusp of losing it like we are. Although you 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 found this clip. And I don't know that now's the time to play it, but I, I do. I, we, we should play it before the show's over today. You found this clip of Paul Harvey mm-hmm. from 1965. And he's talking about this very thing, you know, where we are and how, you know, we could we could lose it. Mm-hmm. In 1965. In 1965. So Paul Harvey, you know, looking into the future was, was seeing some things. Mm-hmm. You like Paul Harvey. Yes, I actually, um, I was the first time I heard Malcolm. Uh, when you got right. home, when you got home that day, I said, oh, my goodness, Dean, I, I was listening to this guy and he sounds just like Paul Harvey. Uh-huh. I don't know who he is, but you got to listen to him because he sounds like Paul Harvey, uh-huh. his voice. And I, I, I remember hearing him thinking, is this, this has got to be a, a replay of. <laughs> so. I found America Out Loud. I I came upon America Out Loud because I found Dr. McCullough somewhere mm-hmm. on something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I, I can't put it all back together. But so I found McCullough and then it sent me to America Out Loud because mm-hmm. he had a, a show there. And then I was clicking around on things and I happened to hear Malcolm's voice, and I had no idea that Malcolm, you know, it was <laughs> that's his platform and all that. But yeah, so anyway, I I immediately wanted to keep listening to him just because right. it gave me the warm fuzzies because right. he sounded like Paul Harvey. You were hooked. Yep, you were addicted. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I just I, I think that clip, you know, you asked, um, you know, how come we, you know, we we didn't see it. Uh, but you know, Paul Harvey saw it mm-hmm. in 1965. Maybe, maybe we'll we'll play that clip when we come out of the break. Mm-hmm. But we we grew up in traditional families. 
Um, we we had pretty good school experiences. Yeah. Um, we were learning all the things that we thought we needed to be learning, but we weren't getting that really strong teaching about the Constitution and mm-hmm. um, the real deep history. We were getting it, but not not we in the getting- way that not in the way that all the generations should have been getting it from the start mm-hmm. of this country. Right. It's like in the beginning, he says we have to renovate the age. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, every generation needed that. And it just, it, it wasn't happening. And now here we are. Right. I recall having to memorize you know, the clauses of, of mm-hmm. you know, various, you know, the establishment clause mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the but free we, exercise clause. Yeah. Well, but, we taught why, though. Right. That That's my point. Right. We just had to memorize the clause. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't recall the, the, the richness or the, or the depth of, of truly understanding why the words were written. Mm-hmm. And I think in order to do that, you have to, you have to tell the story. Yes. I think if you start telling the story of the Constitution, because we're drawn to story. Mm-hmm. And we grew up loving America. We learned to love America. But we didn't, I don't, well, for me, I don't think I had a a, a really deep understanding of why I loved America. Well, um, Okay, let's talk about why you didn't have that deep understanding of why you loved America on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I am Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can find us here on AmericaOutloud.news, Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. We are happy to have you along. And also, you can reach us on the email at thedean.list at protonmail.com. Thedean.list at protonmail.com. 
Would you mind reading that quote again? Which one? From John Jay. Oh, yes. Do you have it handy? I can get it handy. Okay. John Jay. Every member of the state ought diligently to read and to study the constitution of his country and teach the rising generation to be free. By knowing their rights, they will sooner perceive when they are violated and be better prepared to defend and assert them. Hmm. So that's really kind of the the uh, the centerpiece of the discussion, mm-hmm. because our, our kids really need to to know their rights. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, how are they going to know when those rights are being violated? Right. If they're not being um, immersed in them. Mm-hmm. So in Deuteronomy, you know, Jehovah instructs Moses to, to you know tell the people that they need to teach their kids when they get up in the morning, Mm -hmm. throughout the day, Mm -hmm. you know, when they're going about on their way, when they're coming and going, and then when they lie down to go to sleep, that that should be a constant instruction. It Mm -hmm. should just be happening, happening. And it should be done intentionally. And you and I just said, if we were to do something different, we would be more intentional about the instruction that we gave. Mm -hmm. To our kids. To our kids, Mm -hmm. right. You know, we although they were catching, they were catching it. They were catching it, right? But I don't know that we were, you know, to the point. Yeah, of, we were right. Deuteronomy said, right. when they get up in the morning, give it to them. Mm-hmm. When you're going about your day, give it to them. When you lie down at night, make sure they have it. Mm-hmm. And that is so huge. Mm-hmm. That would change a lot of things in this country. Mm-hmm. If if you know parents. We're doing that right. on a daily basis. You think that maybe we would have we would have students that that would be how can I say this? Maybe they would be more responsible and less uh, entitled mm-hmm. if that was happening. Yeah, imagine when a child is born, the first two things you put in in their hands is a Bible in one hand and the Constitution in the other hand. You know, that is true. Absolutely. Those might be the two most important documents, Mm -hmm. at least in America. Yeah. The Bible and the Constitution. Yeah. So when we when we started Waterbrook, um, of course, we're a Christian school and our our focus was, you know, a Christian education. Um, and of course, we would talk about the Constitution and America and our freedoms. In fact, right. we had we had one of our teachers. Oh, yeah. She was, she, I, know, I know who you're talking about. It was patriotic 24 right. 7. She uh-huh. was fantastic. So, you know, in the early years, our students were all very exposed to all things America, yeah. and it was wonderful. But you know, we started out 17 years ago. It was, remember that song, I was country when country wasn't cool. Right. Uh-huh. Well, when we started our school 17 years ago, it was like, I was Christian school when Christian school wasn't cool. It's <laughs> it was, true. Because um, there were schools closing all around us. Yes. Yeah. And it, and it's, and everybody thought, Oh, the public, and we would hear that all the time. Why are you starting a Christian school? Mm-hmm. Public school is fine. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the kids will be just fine. There's nothing to worry about. What are you doing? Um, and then all these years late, well, in 2020, mm-hmm. we suddenly became relevant. Right. And people um, were like, oh, man. You know, but all those I'm years, so right, all those years, our focus was the we're a Christian school. Um, and uh, I just think about what if from that time that we began, it was, you know, put a Bible in one hand and a constitution in the other hand. Even more intentional, right? Even in more beginning. intentional in, in the very beginning where we would be at today. But it's all, you know, we live and learn. Right. Um, yeah. Things you learn as you go. Yes. But, but now that's how I see it going forward. Right. Bible in one hand, constitution in the other hand. Yeah. And of course, give them all the other aspects of education that that they're going to need for life but those two things Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. paramount main focus main focus without a doubt and i don't think you can start young enough right i mean uh let's go Uh four-year-olds let's let's learn the constitution and let's learn to love jesus Mm -hmm. but not in that order right switch it around honey absolutely we'll switch it around yeah you have something there you want to read oh goodness i have i have a lot of stuff here so do you want to play that or do you want i do no i i i I want to play let's do that the paul harvey clip because you know since we we brought it up this is from 1965 and it's almost prophetic it feels prophetic he says so many good things here. Uh, let's. Um, he has a lot of his clips were very, very much like that. Ah, uh, they're so good. All right, let's listen to Paul Harvey, and then we will uh, dissect it on the on the other side. I am satisfied with all my heart that if Uncle Sam ever does get whipped, here too, it will have been an inside job. It was internal decay, it was not external attack that destroyed the Roman Empire. Starting about 146 BC, internal conditions in Rome were characterized by a welter of class wars and conflicts, street brawls, corrupt governors, lack of personal integrity and moral responsibility. And Rome passed into what history has recorded as the Dark Ages, lasting a thousand years. Just by turning to the left, the world has gone in circles. Now either we will profit from the errors of their ways or it follows as the night the day our children are going to have to relive the dark ages all over again. How come after thousands of years of experiment our new nation has come so far so fast? All this in less than 200 years. What is the secret of our success? Well, I think it had to do with a basic American's creed. Perhaps it never passed the pioneer's lips in this form, but if it had, I think he would have said something like this. I believe in my God, in my country, and in myself. I know that sounds like a trite, too simple thing to say, and yet it's a rare man today who will dare to stand up and say, I believe in my God, and my country, and in myself, and in that order. Well, sir, when that early pioneer turned his eyes toward the West, he didn't demand that somebody else look after him. He didn't demand a free education. 
He didn't demand a guaranteed rocking chair at eventide. He didn't demand that somebody else take care of him if he got ill or got old. There was an old-fashioned philosophy in those days that a man was supposed to provide for his own and for his own future. He didn't demand a maximum amount of money for a minimum amount of work. Nor did he expect pay for no work at all. Come to think of it, he didn't demand anything. That hard-handed pioneer just looked out there at the rolling plains, stretching away to the tall green mountains, and then lifted his eyes to the blue skies and said, Thank you, God. Now I can take it from here. Well, that spirit isn't dead in our country. It's dormant. It's been discredited in some circles, driven underground, but it isn't dead. It's just that a few seasons ago, politicians baiting their hooks with free barbecue and trading a Ponzi promise for votes began telling us we don't want opportunity anymore. We want security. We don't want opportunity, they said. We want security. They said it so often we came to believe them. We wanted security. And they gave us chains. And we were secure. Wow. Mm-hmm. It makes me, I, I tear up every time I hear that. I know it. I know we could just play that on, on loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's, you know, throughout that, obviously he's got a, a running theme going, but he started by saying, if Uncle Sam ever does get whipped, it will be an inside job. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I asked this question the other day, is the, is the dumbing down in education, is it is it on purpose or are we just incompetent? Are our leaders just incompetent? And I I go back to what Paul Harvey said. If we're ever to get whipped, it'll be an inside job. And I think this is an inside inside job. Mm-hmm. I think it's happening on purpose. Yeah. And this is just a piece of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, education is a big piece it's of a it. Huge piece. Because if you can, you know, take them, take them out at the knees. If you can make them little hostages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like Horace Mann said, yeah. if you can turn them into little hostages, then you can mold them and shape them into whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And that's, and I've said this before too, that's really what true education is. It's, it's, it's developing the student to be a certain type of person. Mm-hmm. That's the education they're going for. And this is this is a, a prophetic statement by by Paul Harvey. You know, he he said uh, internal decay destroyed the Roman Empire, mm-hmm. and he said that that well, he listed several things that made up that decay. But the two things that caught my attention were lack of personal integrity mm-hmm. and lack of moral responsibility. Right, and that's where we are. Mm-hmm. Moral responsibility. Personal integrity and moral responsibility. And it's almost like that's being taught in our schools. A lack of. Yes. How can I how can I I say that? So it's, what's being taught in our schools is to be to lack in. To, to, thank you. Yes. To lack in those. To lack in personal integrity and to lack in moral responsibility. Yes. You don't need moral responsibility. Right. It's like the and We've talked about this a couple times um, in my eighth grade Bible class. Just simply put, we would look through scripture and we would write down all the things that God said to get rid of. And then we would write down all the things that he said, all the things that are good. 
And we had those, we talked about a couple of times. We had both of those lists and we called the light list and right. the dark list. Um, so. Well, is it, it, it kind of falls in line with what Paul Harvey is saying here. He said, um, he asked, what's the secret to our success? And he said, it's the, the American creed. And he said, this is probably what the pioneers said. And they may not have said it in these words, but this is what they believed that, that they believed in, in my God, my country and myself. And in that order. In that order. And I don't think when he says myself, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's as we think of it today, like not a selfish thing. It's, um, it's yeah. being self-governed exactly and and loving others as yourself that that sort of thing it's not mm-hmm. it's not i just got to look out for myself right it, it's not a selfish mentality mm-hmm. it's not a proud arrogant mentality but it is a rugged individualism mm-hmm. of of being self-governed and mm-hmm. you know not um not asking for a handout not blaming somebody you know when we stumble or fall or mess up but just picking ourselves up by the bootstraps and just going after it, mm-hmm. brushing ourselves off, you know, not crying and needing a safe space. Right. I don't need you to put a safety pin on my lapel mm-hmm. and then let me go off in the corner and pet puppies. Pet puppies. Although, petting yeah, puppies. Yeah, right. I know we love puppies. Great, but yeah, we shouldn't. Yeah. Okay. It's a good stress reliever though if you got a puppy in the house right yeah so um so the other day when you were i think it some i think it was one of the shows this week you were talking about what were you saying about um is it that were you saying when you were talking about if it's on purpose that they're doing this or are we just surrounded by morons i did i said <laughs> yeah something like that and i said you know it is you know it is on purpose and we are surrounded by morons yeah so um just I heard you say that and it jogged my memory that I had just read something about that in this new book that I'm reading it's it's called um how to keep your head on straight in a world gone crazy uh, by Rick Renner Mm, okay and our world is definitely going crazy um and there's this little paragraph it, it ta- he's talking about Romans one twenty two. Maybe I should should I read Romans one twenty two? Yes, to, yeah. You know what? I'll read. Let me see. I will read. Maybe I'll read twenty twenty one and twenty two. Is that okay? Do we oh, have time for that? Oh yeah, we got time. Goodness. Okay. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. So um, so he says here in the, in the book, uh, in Romans one twenty two, Paul stated the reality that these people are fools. Forgive the bluntness of this statement, but the Greek word for fools is moreno, which is the word for one who is mentally ill or mentally deranged. It is the same word from which we derive the word moron. 
This <laughs> means that in Romans one twenty two, when Paul wrote that these alleged intellectuals are fools, he meant no words and made no apologies as he declared that such people are in reality intellectual morons. Oh, that is so great. So I just... Let's throw that in there. We are surrounded by intellectual morons. I really want to read these next couple of paragraphs because he went on and he, the whole chapter is, is really good, but he, in talking about Romans 1, 21 and 22, he put together this wider interpretation of it that I'd love to read. We should probably wait till the, okay. the third segment though. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's dive back into that. What's the name of that book again? This book is called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. Developing Discernment for These Last Days. Rick Renner is the author. I just came across it uh, last week or something, so I started reading it. It's, it's good. It's interesting. It seems good. Mm -hmm. I mean, if he's going to pull out some some Greek words. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. He does that all the time, so it's rich. Okay, we will dive back into that on the uh, on the other side of the break. Uh, we are happy to have you joining us today. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. 
Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We are, um, well, we finished that last segment talking about morons. <laughs> yes, but we started, did we start it with the clip? The Paul Harvey clip? Yes. I think that we should just keep looping that for the third segment. <laughs> uh, right. I know it. You, you, so you can't get enough of Paul Harvey. So good. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I was going to read. I was going to pick up reading. Okay, right. Um, where I'm, I'm talking about Rick Renner's um, discussing Romans one twenty one and twenty two, and he goes through this chapter and he gives the meaning of the original wording and all that, and it all comes together. So um, at at one point he puts together a wider interpretation of Romans one twenty one twenty two, and I just wanted to read it because. It sounds really familiar. Mm, <laughs> you just right. Just look around us, mm-hmm. um, and you you can definitely see this. So it says, although society once had a general acquaintance of God, a general knowledge of God, and a reverence for things related to God, a time came when people found it no longer fashionable to give God his due reverence, rather than be grateful for God. For, to God for his blessings, they forgot who blessed them and ceased to be thankful. They turned from God, and as a result, they began to veer morally, which resulted in their thinking becoming laced with error that affected how they reasoned about everything. They alleged it was all right to believe things that are not supported by correlating facts and evidence, and eventually their conclusions became totally out of touch with reality. A normal heart pumps blood, but the heart of a God-rejecting society pumps and proliferates foolishness until it is filled with darkness that eventually spawns depravity, immorality, and godless behaviors. The so-called leaders of a God-rejecting society constantly assert that they are brilliant intellectuals of a brand new way of thinking, even though it is difficult to fathom how they could claim such a thing. Regardless of what they assert, Their words and their ways of thinking make them sound like those who are mentally ill or mentally deranged. How could anyone think what they propose is normal? Make no mistake about it. Those who think this way are clearly morons. Uh, That is so rich. And it's true. They are morons. Mm. You just, I don't know if, it almost just this feeling of, goodness slipping away Hmm. just the goodness in this nation slipping away everything that was good and right and filled with light slipping away but you know as long as as long as there are people who who believe in the bible (laughs) and they believe and they believe in their god their country and themselves and themselves, then then there's hope, even even though there is that feeling of of something so good just slipping away. Mm-hmm. Well, I know what you mean. We can look around and we can see it everywhere. 
you know, we 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 pull up the articles. I mean, this week we, you know, we we've talked about you know Oregon and and the desire out there by the political leaders to just remove the proficiency testing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's goodness slipping away. Um, you know, we talk about the indoctrination that's happening in kindergarten as young as four and five years old on, you know, they're, they're teaching kindergartners things that kindergartners, they don't understand. Mm -hmm. Sexual ideas have not crossed the mind of a kindergartner. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's goodness slipping away. They kindergartners, they want to engage in things that are that innocent, (laughs) innocent and elicit wonder and just make them you know, how is that butterfly flying right now? Mm-hmm. You know, how the beauty of their curiosity is being assaulted. Oh, that's a good way to say it. The beauty of their curiosity is being assaulted. You're right. Mm-hmm. And that's that's yeah, the innocence and beauty of of that natural curiosity is being just dragged through the mud. And replaced with filth. Mm-hmm. So there's 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 truth and there's goodness and there's beauty that must be pursued in education. Mm-hmm. That is that's the foundation of what an American education should look like. Mm-hmm. Pursuing things that are true, things that are good, things that are beautiful. But pursuing the biblical principles that we've talked about several times. Mm-hmm. Where is that list? Do we have it? It's somewhere. I don't have it in front of me. Yeah. Although, you know, when in the Paul Harvey quote, where he said, what's the secret of our success? And he said, you know, it's in the American creed, but it's not, you know, probably wasn't said this way, but by the, the pioneers, but it's basically people who believed in in their God, their country and, them, and themselves. Mm-hmm. My God, my country and myself, that is essentially what Samuel Adams was telling to John Adams that we have to get, you know, fathers to teach their kids mm-hmm. the love and fear of the Lord. There's first our God. And foremost. First and foremost. That has to be the foundation. Mm-hmm. We have to have moral absolutes. You have to. You have to have things that are absolute. So mm-hmm. there is a star up in the heavens. It's called the North Star. And it's, you know, it's what we navigate around. It is it is an absolute. It, you know, it doesn't move. Mm-hmm. It's always in that in that spot. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. And they would love to evolve everything, <laughs> evolution, and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but we cannot. We cannot walk away from biblical principles. Mm-hmm. It's so simple. Those two lists, again, of the light list and the dark list. Again, if all of us would incorporate all the good things Mm -hmm. and live out of those, everything would change. Mm -hmm. All of this would, all of this would go away. Mm -hmm. I was reading one of the articles on air the other day. Oh, I think it was when we were talking about Florida. And the the Florida University system 
accepting the classic learning test. Mm -hmm. And in one of those articles, one of the opponents, you know, to Florida accepting this test, you know, in, in reference to classical education, said that it is, it's, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have the article in front of me, but it's it's an old, outdated, and you can't really teach kids. Right. I remember you talking about that. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, from this old, outdated stuff. But you, you're saying that, that biblical principles, you know, if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that then holds true for, for biblical principles. They are the same. Right. Because he is the word. And that solid foundation is un, unmovable. And that used to be the foundation that our education was built upon. Right. But today everyone wants to, well, not everyone, but, you know, they want to throw off restraint. Whatever, whatever feels good. Do whatever. You Moral relativity. Yeah. Yeah. Change with the times. Sure, we got to change with the times. <laughs> I mean, that. Don't get me started because we're going to go back into our Matt Gates deep dive because that's what happened, you know, in the, the Harvard Law School. That's why they started shifting the law because we had to change with the times. The law should be growing and expanding. Mm -mm. It should be growing with evolution. And the same holds true for our morals. Our morals don't have to be, you know, but we can change our morals and we can still be moral. De Tocqueville, he said, the greatness of this country was what was what was being yeah. sp spoken in the pulpits, basically. The the right. Yeah. I wish I could I wish I could say that. I know. I don't have it in front of me, but yeah. And and if America ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. Yes. It was it was in her fiery pulpits. We have to get back to the solid principles of the Bible. So Interesting. Very interesting. I don't think I told this part to you yet. Okay. Bring it. So, <laughs> so in the congressional briefings this week, which by the way, were just eye-opening. Mm, see, I wasn't there. No. You, you took our son, Joshua. I did. I'm so pleased that he was able to experience that. Yeah. Go ahead, finish your uh -huh. story. We loved it. So one of the attorneys spoke who was with the group that, um, the law firm that helped coach Kennedy mm. be victorious in his Supreme mm -hmm. Court case. And he talked about this whole idea, and, I, and, and we're going to dive into it next week in some detail. But he talked about this idea of the changing landscape, mm -hmm. that we are in this moment where we have a Supreme Court that is very favorable to religious liberty. Right. Because they realized that the country was founded on religious liberty. We currently have a Supreme Court that understands what the true meaning of the First Amendment is. Mm -hmm. They get the Establishment Clause. Mm -hmm. They understand it. And they get the Free Exercise Clause. They understand that. And this attorney uh, was saying that it's going to happen. We're going to get cases where there are going to be uh, teachers that are going to start praying in public schools. And we're going to get cases that are going to go to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court is going to start mm -hmm. making some decisions. Mm -hmm. 
I think, I think, well, I hope decisions that we like, but it was in his, you know, humble opinion. Obviously he's not, you know, he doesn't have a crystal ball, but it, it was his opinion that, that, that we're at a place where this thing could turn around. Mm. And the left hates to hear that. The Marxists hate, if there's any, any of you Marxists out there listening right now, <laughs> I know that you are not happy. You are not happy with, with that statement. Uh, because what's truly Marxists have a have a belief in and no God. Right. Because the state has to be God. Mm-hmm. The no Bible. No Bible. No Bible, no God. You can't have any an alienable rights given to you by a creator. Rights have to come from government, so then government can take away those rights. In order for us to appropriately self-govern, we need the Bible. We need that solid foundation. And in in the early days of America, that was the founding fathers. Yeah, absolutely. They knew it. It was the Bible. It was the Bible. It was religion and it was morality. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Horace Mann, you read that quote from Horace Mann. Um, You know, he's called the founder of of who? The father of public education. Is that what he's referred to as? The designer of America's current education. The designer. So he believed in in public education and the main thing one of his main tenets was that religion should be removed mm-hmm. but he, you know he also believed in morality unlike you know John Dewey who did not John Dewey came later and is the the founder of the progressive educational movement but Horace Mann believed in in morality but he also said we can't have religion we can't have any religion in our Son education. <laughs> and, you know, G- George Washington said, you can't separate the two. Right. You cannot sep- uh, separate morality from religion. Where does morality come from? It, thank you. It comes from religion. The Bible. It comes from the Bible. The morality that, that the founders wanted for this country comes from the Bible. Right. It's rooted right. and it's founded in those Judeo-Christian biblical principles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Horace Mann said, no, we don't want that. You know, we don't want what the founders were, were going after there. Mm-hmm. We can't have religion. So here we are. You know, years later, there's there's no religion in public schools. And it's been that way for how many years? And, you know, go to my Instagram page. You'll see the receipts. Mm -hmm. You will see how far we have fallen. So, you know, the question is, how do we get back? And this attorney was saying, you know, he he believes that the Bible will be back in schools. Mm -hmm. The Bible in one hand, the Constitution (laughs) in the other hand. Oh, man, that would be great. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it. the left is fighting so hard right now to absolutely 
take over, annihilate, destroy, you know, whatever you want to call it. Life. <laughs> well, I was in general. I, I was thinking of education, but yes, life, you know, life in general. They but they they have education in their crosshairs. Mm-hmm. Um because they want it so badly. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think about this. If the Bible does come back to public schools, holy cow. I mean, there's going to be a fight. I mean, because they're just not going to roll over. Oh, okay. There are, uh, you know, there's, I believe that there's there's good things coming down the pike. There's always hope. I really do. I believe that. I believe there's hope. I believe there's good things. I think, you know, there's, there's certainly, there's going to be, there's going to be a battle. There's going to be a fight. I just think that we need to remember that. And I just keep, I've been saying this over the past couple of weeks, just over and over, just reminding myself, um, there is no power greater than the love of Jesus. There's a lot of power grabbing going on, and mm-hmm. but there is no power greater than the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think if we keep ourselves in that, and, and remember that and, and repeat that out loud. Um, it can bring comfort when when we're looking around and feeling overwhelmed or frustrated. There is no power greater than the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, you and I both agree on that. And, you know, we agree in the unspoken creed that we believe in my God, my country, and myself. Mm-hmm. Oof, that Paul Harvey clip. I know it. I know it. <laughs> I'd play it again if we had time. So good. <laughs> but we don't have time. As a matter of fact, uh, that's all the time we have now, America. But we are happy that you joined us today. Get out there and encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age. <laughs>